I'm Josh Cooperman, and just like that, it's 2022. Where did 2021 go? I'll tell you, it went the same place 2020 went. In the annals of history, as a year, the design industry, or pretty much any industry for that matter, but ours in particular, will not soon forget. We made it through, and as this tight-knit group of creatives and seekers of creativity did at the end of 2020, we lean into 2022 with high hopes. I wanted to start off the year with a new installment of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership series presented by Thermosol. That deals with, among other things, the idea of aging in place and designing with that in mind. Andrea Highsmith is the founder and principal designer behind ASH Interiors and Design. Her Ellicott City, Maryland firm specializes in crafting design that evolves in tandem with stage of life. Highsmith is a certified aging in place specialist, and we're going to get into what that means in just a moment. But first, an announcement. A big one, actually. (laughs) This is something I am so excited about that it really has been a challenge not to talk about it already. Convo by Design presents the 2022 Remote Design House Tulsa, a unique idea around an equally unique show house. I've been wanting to do another design house project for many years now, but the right opportunity had, had not presented itself. Yes, there were projects, but none were right for me. Then the pandemic hit. Here I was, producing a podcast for eight years at the time, and all of a sudden, the entire industry stops working in an office and trying to figure out what the future of design is even going to look like. I'm going to go a bit further down that rabbit hole in future episodes, but right now I want to tell you where this is all going. In the first 200 days of the pandemic, I recorded over 100 interviews, conversations, and panels. Like you probably did, I I dived into the work for two reasons. The first was to keep myself from going stir-crazy with a family of four in a small house, trying to keep everyone calm and not lose my cool in the face of something scary and unknown. The second part was a strong belief at the time that our industry was on the precipice of something amazing. And something amazing has indeed happened. I I had a chance to record a series during that time called Designing for Disaster, which you can still find in the Convo by Design stream. Designers and architects were telling me that of their clients, the ones that could were escaping to mountain beach in remote locations that meant the process of design had all changed had to it had to change had to embrace technology like zoom slack Basecamp, microsoft office google drive i mean you name it right and it also means that designers had to learn in real time how to use these virtual skills to to do their jobs that in the past were primarily face-to-face so I was on the lookout for a project and I found one here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is a remarkable and incredibly special project house that is going to be reimagined by some of the world's most talented creatives, none of whom are from Tulsa, Oklahoma. This house is real and the design is real and completely remote. Not virtual, but remote. The meetings are all virtual and the work is being completed locally by local craftsmen, artisans, and tradesmen. Uh, 
I haven't seen a project like this before, so I really don't have anything with which to compare it. So we will learn together. Episodes featuring the designers and the design partners are coming soon. Speaking of amazing partners, Convo by Design is presented by Walker Zenger, a progressive brand that was built on a promise to provide designers, architects, and homeowners with the right materials to do their best work. That promise is fulfilled every day through a commitment to provide the best ceramic, glass, stone, porcelain, and concrete surfaces and finishes. But it's more than that. Walker Zanger believes strongly in serving the trade with a trade program that makes the specifying process simple and easy with the support you need. They have been staunch supporters of the trade since 1952. In 2020, I launched a partnership series with Walker Zanger called The Showroom. These intimate interview series conversations showcase some of the best creatives in the business. And if you want to check them out, please go back through the podcast catalog and find any episode entitled The Showroom so you can hear these amazing conversations. And if you haven't stopped by a Walker Zanger showroom lately, you're missing out and you need to go check them out. Walker Zanger is on the cutting edge of design, featuring products for every style and architectural feel you can possibly imagine or create. So check out any of their showrooms across the country or shop online, walkerzanger.com. What's really interesting about this year is how it's affected everybody. And I think first and foremost, um, you know, designers, architects, your job is to make the lives of your clients better. And because this year has had no pause button, no stop button, you know, it's just, we've been, we've been going because guess what? You're working from home, you're zooming from home, you're calling from home. Nothing's getting ordered on time. So you're working twice as hard to do half the work. And this is part of the gig. And so while you don't want to necessarily blame it on the year, I think it is safe to say that come 2021, after the vaccine comes out, whatever the therapies happen to be, whatever gets us beyond this, we will get back to some semblance of of normalcy. And when we do, what's going to be left is all of the things that we've learned about design over the last eight months. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting that you say that because you're right. I think there's a couple of factors. So, you know, number one, there hasn't been a break and clients know that your home, their home, if you are still working on projects, they're being, I feel, you know, even more involved and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, I've been telling everyone, I'm like, you know, I need you to think about construction right now is like that you woke up during surgery. You know, there's certain things that you don't want to see that the doctor's doing, but because you're home, you're seeing it and, you know, sending pictures and saying, what's this and what's that? It's like, don't, don't worry about that right now. But, you know, between that, between, I mean, clients are calling me early. They're calling me late. They're calling on weekends because it's, there's no vacation. And, and I think the biggest thing has been boundaries. And I'm even kind of frustrated myself a little bit because I'm like, oh my gosh, I am too available because I'm not on vacation. And that's the reason why, you know, I, I have been telling people that are interested, you know, we're not, we're not taking any more clients this year. We want to finish these strong, these jobs strong. 
And then I want my guy to take a break because just like you said, it's been eight months, nine months of go, go, go. And, you know, I know the first couple of weeks, it was the unknowns of, you know, oh my gosh, like, how are we going to make this work? Are customers going to be open to having contractors in the house? Is it going to be safe? How is everything going to kind of navigate? So there was a couple of weeks of where I feel like I was like, okay, pivot. Let me sign up for Zoom. I, you know, did calls occasionally, but now let me make this a, a focus more on virtual. Um, but now that everyone has become, I feel like a little bit comfortable, it's like, okay, yeah, we still want you in our house, but let's now do offices and basements and, and things like that. So um, like you said, I feel like 2021, we're going to be, where it, it will be another pivot because then it will be also resetting expectations because the clients have been thinking that you're so available um, but then also just, again, working smarter versus working harder. You are listening to my conversation with designer Andrea Highsmith. Good partnerships are hard to come by, and I wanted to share one with you. A partner you have heard about before on the podcast and a featured partner in the upcoming Convo by Design Remote Design House Tulsa Showhouse project. If you have been listening to Convo by Design for a while, you have heard me tell you about Article. Great style really is simple with Article. Things have been challenging for design professionals and their clients. You know this. What you might not know is that it doesn't have to be if you're looking for exceptionally beautiful modern furniture. Article provides a simple and easy way to create a beautiful modern space because Article works directly with their manufacturers on production of unique and stunning pieces. Then they work directly by providing this well-crafted design directly to you. This direct relationship means you aren't wondering where your furniture is and you are getting it for an incredible value. What could possibly be better than that? Well, they have flat rate and in many cases, free shipping. You don't hear that anymore, do you? Even more, their culture and service are rooted in their core values, customer obsession, doing it differently, an ownership mindset, and winning together. If you are a designer, architect, or residential developer, you must check out their trade program. Discounts, special support, and exclusive perks. Article has the beautiful modern furniture you're looking for. Check them out online, article.com. Thank you, Article. Back to my conversation with Andrea Highsmith. Now, you're also a certified aging in place specialist. And yes. I, I am curious... Knowing that that's a specialty of yours coming into this year and seeing, and I keep bringing up this year because this, this 2020 for, for all of the things that have happened this year is a pivotal year in design and architecture. And Absolutely. you're not going to necessarily see it right now because right now people are sort of fixing what was missing in the designs that they wanted to have done this year. Next year, you're going to start to see all of the things that we have learned about what are what doesn't work in our homes and offices and schools. You're going to see right. that worked into design next year. I'm curious, what are you seeing? What are you seeing now? And how has that changed the way that you do your job? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it's interesting because as a certified aging in place specialist, people automatically think of 
you know, aging and the over 50 community, but I definitely think about it more in a universal design standpoint. So just really thinking about how spaces work and this 2020 crazy year has definitely made it where you have to think about, okay, everyone's at home. You have various ages, various needs, various, you know, um, dynamics. So I, I really have been using it more in the sense of thinking about how spaces can be multifunctional and, you know, who would have ever, ever, ever thought that we would have our kids at home at the same time we're, we're at home and multiple kids and multiple, you know, different ages at some, in some respects. So how do you make a space work for working parents? Um, elementary age, potentially, you know, high school and or college age. So thinking about it from a space planning, thinking about, you know, again, how the spaces flow, making them feel, again, multifunctional. That's what I think I'm noticing more than ever. Um, and then, like you said, it's the realizing all the things that don't work. You know, it was one thing when I would work from home at my dining room table <laughs> because everyone was gone. But when my husband and the three teenagers and I were on the Zoom calls, all of a sudden the dining room didn't work when they're making lunch and making smoothies and, you know, all of those things. <laughs> Talk about aging in place, right? Right. <laughs> I, will I will tell you, 20, 20, actually 2020, I have been aging in place. I mean, literally at twice uh, the rate. Oh. Yes, gray hairs. I'm like, you disrespectful thing. <laughs> and Zoom, like mask. I'm like, yes, wear your mask, but then it really shows when you had a bad night's sleep. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because you only see my eyes. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Right. But I think also so I, uh, with your with your design, you're you're also looking at other spaces you know you're you're now you're looking you, you know you're you're back east and so you're you're also looking at potentially using outdoor spaces which were you know you designed for half half year use but now you're looking at full year use and and I think that Absolutely. that's going to continue oh yes I've had I've finished more basements but I've also closed in multiple kind of three seasons rooms and have made those have been basically planning out it to be a closed in space. And that becomes the office. Um, everyone jokes about this. She said, she shed, he shed. Um, but even garages, I actually went to a um, show house, the Aspire show house in Virginia, and they had, done an amazing job of making this one separate bay of a garage a sitting area and like almost like a family room space and you know I have a client right now that we oh my gosh where else can we find an office and so we had to be creative so that definitely I think is you know again trying to figure out creative solutions has probably been the biggest you know, draw. I, I never thought I would do so many offices. I mean, the first May 
and June as people were preparing for school to start. Desks are back ordered like crazy. You know, I even dropped the ball on trying to order desks for my kids. And it was like, oh, okay, we're going to have to be creative and uh, just build you one. So, you know, again, like you said, just all of a sudden there are new spaces that we weren't really thinking about built-ins like crazy and, and uh, multi, you know, multifunctional areas. You know, it's interesting too, um, as you mentioned that, because the delivery times have gotten so out of whack, you know, and, and like, like you mentioned, you know, sometimes you're getting product that is not suitable. Um, mistakes are being made right. at a, at a rate, at a rate now that I, I don't think we've seen in a long time because everybody's rushing oh to get product out the door, you know, yeah. first. And they have capacity too. And these yeah. factors in order to have social distancing. So they're half the people doing full or double the workload. It's, it's, a lot. Yeah, well, and and first it was the tariffs. You know, that slowed everything down big time. Right. Right. And, and bumped cost up. Then, right. you know, that 6 to 8 slowed down delivery window coming into COVID made it, you know, 10 to 12 and then once Italy shut down, then it was 14 to 16. 14 to 16. Oh, yes. And it's brutal. And even and even, I mean, it was to the point, I had a client right now where this is just there. I mean, it's like a secondary little sitting area. And she's like, Andrea, can we just go to like a Haverty's or something like, and, and yes, and my heart stopped. And, but even with that, their lead time was 14 weeks. And I told her, I am not even allowing you to buy, you know, that level of furniture and it takes 14 weeks. Like that's ridiculous, but that's what we're dealing with. And see, here's the problem. The problem is that design has followed fashion um, for right. so many years now. And you had this, this lead in to fast fashion and fast design mm -hmm. where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, look, you can go to, you can go buy. We, we always use as the, as the low end, we always use Ikea and Target, right? Because that's, yes. that's the low end of the high-low mix. But yep. what's really interesting about this, and I'm curious if you've seen this as well, I've seen a return to the artisan, to the craftsman, to the, you know, the, 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 the Etsy maker who's like, look, if I can't get this from Italy, if I can't get this delivered the way I want it, let's go find a craftsman who can make something and you know what? It's going to be custom and it's right. going to be, it's going to be great. And you know what? You're right on. And because people have gotten so used to, oh, I can get this in three days. I can get this, you know, ship fast and free. But now that that isn't the case, they realize like, okay, well, if I have to wait this long, then I guess I might as well look at what my options are. And you're exactly right, like looking at it and being able to use that as a, as a selling feature. You know, I'm, I just told, you know, I just told a client recently, I'm like, if you're going to, if we're going to wait 14 weeks, let's have it be something great. If we got to wait anyway, you know, yes, you're going to spend more, but it's not going to be mass market. It's going to be, you know, like you said, personalized to what you want. And, um, 
so I agree with you. I feel like, you know, definitely the artisans, the craftsmen, um, you know, I've done a lot more built-ins when, again, you said the right word, Ikea. People are quick to get the Ikea and they're like, oh, well, we'll just get it unfinished and paint it on site. Well, that's not the case anymore. So now let's really customize your built-ins. Let's really customize this, pick your custom finish. And then when it's done, it's really going to be a beautiful product. So, um, you know, definitely going that direction is it's been uh, huge. And I think it's going to help next year when, when, when things change, we're going to, we're going to speak that into existence. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting because this has been the year that, and I, I've talked about this so much. And I, I think we've, you know, we've really talked about how this works is this has been the year that people realize the importance of designers and architects, that it's not just a matter of, you know, making something fit into a space, but it's a matter of making the space fit into someone's life. And how you want right. to live has never been more important than it is right now when you're confined, you know, and I, I think to your point, I feel like next year, um, it's going to be like the first day of summer for a long time. People are going to swing the door open and everyone's just going to be running and gunning for a very long time. You know what I mean? Yes. Do you get that feeling? Yes, for sure. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, the countdown is on for a vaccine or, or, you know, like a therapy, something to be able to get to a new level of normal, um, even today. So it's, you know, November, I'm in the DC Maryland market and it's 77 degrees. Like we're sitting here going, okay, we know this is going to change any day now, but just, just, it gives you a little hope. And like you said, knowing that the spring, let's just, that hopefully we can get back to normal, some level of, I guess the new normal, um, but you're right. And I, I think that people are going to realize what they need and then they're going to be, I think, more open to need versus want. And then finally, you know, finding that happy medium in between. Well, listen, I mean, I, I feel like what's on the horizon and I'm curious in, in your in your take and this the idea of aging in place mm -hmm. is I, I find it such a novel concept because when people think about the idea of aging in place, you you think about older folks, right? Yes, absolutely. And, 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 absolutely. That's, and that's what you think about. At the same time, I think that over the years, we've, we've gotten, society has gotten to this place where multi-generational living is part of life. Um, right. I'm not going to bash on millennials, but I will tell you that having produced conversations at design events for many, many years now, the, convers yeah. the conversation eight years ago was how do we reach millennials? You know, seven years ago, right. how do we make millennials buy luxury product? Six years ago, yes. what is it that millennials want? Five, year, <laughs> five years ago, you know, what, where are millennials going? What is, it, what is it that they're looking for? What is it, what's special to them? And, you know, last year, yeah. year before, it's like, when are, when are millennials going to move out of the house? You know, then... <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what it's. So especially I think in our age group, and I'm going to put us together there. <laughs> it's like, we are the age where 
in some scenarios, you have your children at home and potentially a parent there as well. Now, it could be a parent that's helping because, you know, you're a single parent or they're older and they need help or whatever the case may be. But like you said, the millennials, they're at home, they're, they're longer. And how do you have this multifunctional, multigenerational space that works for all and is done well? You know, because we often think, as you said, you think old and you sometimes feel like it's going to be more like hospital-like versus, you know, being a beautiful space that just can fit different people's needs. And I think it's, it's one of those things that you have to look at now. I'm talking to whether it's a 35-year-old or a 65-year-old client, I always discuss, you know, on this main level, maybe we, let's figure out where we can put a bedroom or a sleeping zone. It can be multifunctional. It can be an office, but it could be a guest room because thinking about you never know when you, it could be a child that gets injured in a sporting event and can't get up the stairs, right? Or it could be that parent that now has to live with you and they can't get up the stairs or down the stairs. So just having that conversation and making it a part of the initial discussion. And, and I don't even use certified aging in place half the time when I'm talking to them, especially if it's anyone younger than 60, because now, you know, even in their 60s, they still are questionable. Like, I don't need a bedroom on the, on the main level. I can walk up the stairs, but things can change instantly. You know, so I, I, I think it's important if you just make it a part of the conversation. I always point out, like, let's make these doorways really wide and make them feel very roomy. Let's make this hallway. They don't realize that I'm thinking about the fact if you ever need a wheelchair. Um, you know, when it comes to the kitchen, I definitely maximize my, my openings between the island and, and appliances because, again, it number one, if you have multiple people in the kitchen, which happens all the time, and it's the heart of the home. But again, if in the future you have someone and they're challenged with space, you want to make sure that they are able to navigate it as well. So I, I think if we make it just a part of the conversation, it's not as much stigma. Um, and then it's funny because I agree with you. I remember all those conversations of, you know, millennials buy their cabinets from Ikea. We've got to make sure that we can that it's cheap and quick and modern. And really the truth is they're at their parents' house. So you still have to talk to their parents. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And what's happening now, and, and it's funny because I got to the point for a while where I, I just, I was like, you know what? I'm not programming for millennials anymore. I'm not, I'm not gonna program to them. I'm not gonna program for them. And the reason why was, in having conversations with so many designers who were millennials, mm. they weren't designing for millennials. They were yeah. designing what's, and what's really interesting here is, and I think, you know, when we talk about aging and we talk about where we are now with so many people out of work, this multi-generational co-living idea is going to be here and it's going to be here for a while. You know, here on the West coast, we've already seen, this because of you know uh, a higher population of asian communities exactly and so right. 
you know, this has been something that's been generations they've done. They co-living is, is part of life, you know, multi-generational. Right. So they will use every space for dual kitchens. You know, you'll have one mm-hmm. kitchen for show and one kitchen for work, but with multi-generational, you'll have two kitchens that are both working. You'll have smaller kitchens on separate floors. You'll have right. um, outdoor kitchens. You'll have outdoor areas yeah. that are zoned specifically for more people. Right. And I'm curious how that's changed the the manner in which you design and you plan. So you're right. And it's funny because years ago, so I am obviously I'm a kitchen designer by trade as well. And so, and I also represent luxury products. So I represent plumbing and appliances and cabinetry. And so I remember that a client came in, this was years ago, and they were from the West Coast. And they had a home where it was, there was a builder, and I can't remember the builder's name, but they specifically had a model that was for multi-generational families. So it was literally like you had a wing for your in-laws and had the kitchen, et cetera. And so they still had their plan. And so they had a local builder here build that model from California, right? And I just remember being like, oh my God, this is so, this is so great because this is reality. And you're right, you know, in our area, we do have an Asian community as well as Indian community. And so in both of those, you know, the in-laws and or parents do live with the children. And so, you know, you find it more, I think, in those areas that have the higher concentration. Um, but regardless, people are thinking about multi, you know, multifunctional. So generally, if they're finishing a basement, you know, they make sure that there's a bedroom down there as well as a kitchenette or, you know, small kitchen. Um, pretty much, I find even in townhome communities there's the option of making, you know, the first level having a separate kitchen, a separate little bump out. So I think that whether it's a single family home or a town home, people are having the conversations and they're making that available because it is reality. And I think that that's what, you know, again, the more that we lead the conversation and we're having that discussion, that's what's going to make it where it's going to continue to be relevant but it's something that's not going anywhere. Like, you know, we definitely need to think about having multiple spaces, whether, you know, someone's living in a brownstone or a townhome or a single family home. Do you have, it's not a matter of do you, but rather how do you incorporate your outdoor spaces in the same way? Because you have, I mean, look, you have weather. It's funny because it's, it's warmer where you are today than it is out here in Southern California. But I'm curious, um, you don't always have that. You know, you've got winters, you've got, you've got seasons. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you do that? So it's funny because that is something that I think that people still struggle with on the East coast, especially in the DC market. Technically you, we really have like eight to nine months of nice weather. You know, I mean, right now being 77 in November, that's a, kind of an anomaly. But in general, you know, you have November, December, January, and it kind of leans to February where those are the cold months. I think that we should absolutely do a better job in incorporating outdoor spaces. Um, you know, 
with me having the background of being on the product rep side, I struggle when I'm talking to builders and even um, like custom custom builders and remodelers about incorporating outdoor spaces because they often will say, we don't use it. We, it, get, it gets too cold in this market. So it's definitely more of the kind of like affluent category of customer that is willing to incorporate that space. But even when they do, I don't think it's as relevant. You know, like if you're in Florida, God bless Florida, um, <laughs> you'll almost every house has a pool, even if it's like a crappy house. You know what I mean? In our market, it's not that it's not that way. I mean, I have clients that have, you know, multi-million dollar homes on properties that have enough space for a pool in an outdoor living space. And they'll often say, oh, I, I don't need a pool. It, it's not warm enough for a pool, but a couple of months. And I'm like, if I had all this land, I would have a pool. So <laughs> it's definitely not as much as you would think. And I mean, this is, this is the reminder where I'm like, we could, you could be out grilling at an outdoor kitchen right now. I think it's it's a matter of lifestyle and it's a matter, you, you know, it's interesting too, because you talk about Florida and Florida is interesting because, you know, I, I lived in Florida for a year. Um, <laughs> Where? Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, it was interesting. And um, one of the things that really struck me about Florida is you've got, you know, you've got houses that are right there on the water, but where, wherever you are in South Florida, you've got this idea where you will screen in an entire yard. You'll yes. screen in an entire pool because you want to be able to use that pool all year long, regardless right. of the bugs. Um, right. That's a, you'll never see that in Southern California. I agree. I agree 100%. Florida is the only place. <laughs> but it makes me wonder too, because, you know, where you are, if you, get, if you go further north in Montreal, they have more pools per capita than I think anywhere else in the world. And they only get to use them a couple months a year. Right, right. And it's a lifestyle Montreal, choice. I mean, I love, it is a lifestyle choice because, and you're exactly right because Montreal gets extremely cold. I was there two years ago during this time and I, I left with the Canada goose. I was like, I know now why these jackets exist <laughs> because it was freezing. <laughs> but it, but it, isn't it so. interesting though, that, you know, it's colder up there, but it's, it's just a matter of lifestyle. And, and I got to believe too, that with, with, the events of this year. And, and, you know, you hate to keep coming back to this and talking about 2020. And, and it's funny because I've heard a lot of people say, Ugh. you know, at the end of 2020, it's going to be great because we're never going to have to, you know, we don't need to talk about this again. We're going to be talking about this the same way that after the pandemic, yeah, the same way that after the Spanish flu, you know, there were ideas, the vestibule became a thing subway tile right. in bathrooms became a thing, you know, let's get rid of the chamber pot. How about, how's that for a novel idea in bathrooms right. in a wooden cabinet right. that holds viruses, you know? Right. So a lot of things right. came out of design that modernized the home. And I feel like we're on the precipice of that right now. Right. So there's a builder 
that I work with, and they have now incorporated an, all of their, they actually changed two of their models, and they made what was like the walk-in pantry. They relocated where the pantry was, and they made that walk-in area a virtual learning space, and they added outlets, they put shelves, they put everything, and they even made like the back wall kind of, you know, um, like a batten wall to have a little bit of a decorative element to it. And so they changed their two models and are actually even advertising that these new homes already are set up with the smart home and the virtual learning space for school. So it, it, it's interesting because you're right, 2020, I swear, you know, I remember starting the decade and it being like, yes, 2020. And now we're like, oh my God, 2020. Um, but these, you know, the people that are thinking ahead and being forward thinking, you know, for example, this builder, they have had an influx of inquiries and purchases because of this, oh my gosh, my kids might never go back to school. I might, my husband works for NPR and they told him, you don't have to work, come back into the office. You can work from home forever. Now that my face just dropped, but <laughs> they didn't run that, that by is, you, did they? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's like people, some people aren't going to go back to home. So that's what 2020 is doing, you know, or even those companies that said, no, you can't telework. It doesn't make sense. Well, they made it make sense really quick when it became mandatory. Right. Isn't that the truth? So, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, with that, I think the next step in the, in the evolution of this, um, and maybe it's a conversation for another time, but how, how you're getting new clients, you know, it's so funny because in years of talking to designers and architects, it's always been, well, my number one source is word of mouth. Right. Yeah. And I get absolutely. it and I get it. Um, but with word of mouth, there's always an origin to that. There's always, where did they come from originally? And right. I feel like now you have more people interested in hiring a designer than ever before. And how right. did, how do you as a designer, how do you take advantage? How do you strike while the iron's hot? So it, it's, it's interesting because the word of mouth is, you're right. Almost all of us say that. And during when I remember when March hit and COVID hit and I remember sitting there going, okay, you know, what am I going to do to kind of shift? Because you have to be, you know, proactive. And I was really torn because I had decided in 2020 that I was going to get an office space. And so I was back and forth on this. And then obviously COVID happened. And then after being at home with my entire family, I definitely knew that I had to get off his face. <laughs> but investing in that space and more marketing and smart marketing, that has helped me. And I definitely have seen the increase of leads that are outside of word of mouth. And being very strategic. So, you know, I, I advertised in a really small local magazine, but I did exactly what that builder. I focused on 
offices and virtual learning spaces. And that was like quick phone calls, like immediately. Um, but then also being, I, I started being a little bit more, I think, purposeful in just connection. So reaching out to builders, reaching out to other designers and saying, hey, you know, we're really stuck at home now. We're really independent. You know, do you need anything? Do you have, you know, if I have a referral that I can't handle or if it's something that I know is more your, your genre, do you want me to forward along to you? So I feel like the connectivity has definitely helped as well. So, you know, that's the kind of marketing I have been doing and it's definitely been really helpful. And then also just being more involved in community. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we're going through the motion and we're doing, just doing what we do. But, you know, I found that, especially during the first couple of months, you know, just reaching out to vendors, reaching out to some of my, my dealers and checking in with them and making sure they're okay and letting them know that I was still working and I was doing virtual projects. And then they were like, oh, well, I know someone that is looking for an office, but they're in New York. You know, will you work in New York? And I'm like, absolutely. I have a crew there. So I think that's actually been a really good thing is just, again, the, the connection because we're not able to see each other in person. We're not able to have that happy hour um, or run into each other at the design center and just do a quick hello. Now you're, you're really making those phone calls and really being purposeful in, in your connections. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how all of this comes together next year yeah. and how right. all of this, all of these things that we're doing differently become, they go from being temporary to being permanent. Right. 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 Because I think that that's the biggest thing, you know, I feel like all of us have probably learned a little bit about ourselves. I mean, I didn't know that I could wear a t-shirt and jeans every day for nine months <laughs> and be really happy with it, about it and really happy about it. You know, I'm like, I used to have a bathing suit tan and now I have a V-neck tan. Um, so, but just things like that, it's like, okay, you know, um, also, you know, as I pointed out about having my office space, I, I realized too that being really, again, kind of organized and, and taking the time to really make sure that, again, I'm being, um, trying to work smarter versus harder is, is definitely something that I learned. And I, and I hope, because I feel like in Zoom, I never thought that I would do so many Zooms. But now I'm like, you know what? Um, I'll ask that question first. I'm like, you know, I can drive an hour and a half in traffic to get to Sterling, Virginia really quick for a 30 minute appointment, or let me send you a zoom link and let's just, let's just do this quick catch up. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. So. And, and speaking of zoom links and quick catch ups, um, Andrea, this has been so much fun. Oh, good. I think so too. I love this thing. Thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. And you know, it's funny. I wish I had more time. We're going to have to catch up again. Yes, absolutely. This was great. This, this was great. great.
Thank you, Andrea. I appreciate what you do and your time. This has been another installment of the Wellness and Design Thought Leadership Series presented by Thermosol. Thank you, Walker Zanger, for presenting Convo by Design. Thank you, Article, York, Wall Coverings, and Franz Wigner for your partnership. You are remarkable partners and amazing allies for the trade. And thank you for listening. Remember why you do what you do and that the business of design is about making better the lives of those we serve. Until next week, be well and take today first. Mm-hmm.